0: Welcome to the Oscar Central Podcast. I am your host, Lex, and I am joined today by my two favorite squirrely girlies, uh, Kenzie and Jillian. And we are here to talk about my favorite uh, genre of film of all time. This is the episode that I have been craving. This is the episode that I have been asking for. This is the episode I frankly deserve. It is our favorite bad movies. The time has come for me to talk about all of my favorite movies, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but before we get into that, Jillian, how are you doing?
1: Um, I'm doing great. It's been a bit of an emotional challenge of a weekend in this beautiful LA weather, but I had a really good week last week and I'm not gonna forget it about those vibes, but I'm doing great, I guess.
0: Did um anyone finally notice your bangs? No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
1: I feel like now they're more noticeable but like no one is no one is saying anything i'm very upset
0: if you're listening please compliment jillian on her bangs um kenzie how are you doing
2: i'm good i've had like one of the worst weeks of my life and then i found out that mercury is just now in retrograde so i i don't know what's coming i don't know how life could get worse but i guess i'll find out soon
0: well, I'm going to sleep really well tonight knowing that. So my <laughs> non-existent ear. Um, I am doing fantastic. I am growing more and more anxious uh, by the day because I'm going to the Eras tour next weekend. And I just keep seeing TikToks that's like, if you don't arrive 40 hours early, forget about getting in there. And then I see TikToks that are like, I literally showed up the second Taylor went on stage and I was fine. And I got to kiss Taylor Swift on the mouth. And so it's just like, I don't... I I need to know what's happening. I need to know planning. I need to know minute by minute. And so I'm getting all the more anxious. And now knowing Mercury is in retrograde, I'm feeling really good about the week. Um, But before we get into um, our favorite bad movies, um, let's talk about movies we saw this week. Uh, You know, for me, I can say I saw a bad movie. I saw a bad, bad movie this week, and it was uh, Mafia Mama. Um, I hated it. I wanted to walk out. Um, and I am not one to walk out of movies. Um, I've done it before. This was, I didn't walk out, but I wanted to. Um, I love Tony Collette, um, but I did not love this movie. I've never seen a godfather joke driven harder into the ground in my life. And I was like, wow, a mom movie making a, multiple godfather jokes. LOL. Um, I Listen, Catherine Hardwick gave me Twilight, and <laughs> we'll get into that later on this podcast. <laughs> um but I will always be grateful for Catherine Hardwick. Um but at the same time I'm pretty sure Twilight's the only movie she's ever made that I actually enjoyed. And what's weird about Mafia Mama is that like it does showcase that she is a very talented director. Like some action sequences in it are very well done um from a directing standpoint at least. But c- totally that movie made no sense. Um hated that one I also saw Chevalier which I loved um it was a really good palate cleanser um after Mafia Mama the thing is I really did love Chevalier but there was this like level of like am I just like raving about this because like compared to what I'd seen before it there was like 48 hours between when I saw Mafia Mama and Chevalier um but I loved Chevalier um stop putting Kelvin Harrison Jr. in movies that get no marketing budget um I I implore you
2: universe. like I literally we were just talking about this but it's like I feel like I'm constantly like wow he's giving one of the best performances of the year and then nothing happens other than people just saying that about him mm-hmm. um, but I will say I saw Chevalier with my mom and my mom is like very out of the conversation with movies um she was first off she didn't realize who he was I had to explain like nine times and the only thing that made her understand was weird movie with Tim Roth and Naomi Watts um but she was like he's a movie star and I'm like we say this every time you see him it's kind of depressing it like he he doesn't really <laughs> be like movie star with a capital M yeah,
0: it really is. to be nominated this You know what's
2: crazy watching him and Samara Weaving who I thought was exceptional in this movie. She was so good in that movie. Um the scene where she comes to him before his like big show at the end. Um great great just she's incredible. Oh they're but really they're both being, really, sad one? Mhm. Yeah, Oh, that guy. They're me. both movie stars. Um I think like her I don't know how I feel about like where she's at right now um I feel great about it but it's just like I feel like both of them published as like a scream queen yeah and I love that for her um I I didn't realize
0: it was her at first like I feel like she was doing something really different in that
2: role yeah she I feel like if you give her the opportunity to do something like this versus just being what she's kind of being typecasted with already that like she can do great other things like let her do what she wants um plus I love all her behind the scenes content she's been posting on our Instagram. Like I love behind the scenes period piece mm-hmm. photos. Um like Marie Antoinette obviously set the stage, but there's lots of pictures of her in Uggs with AirPods. Like I'm I, I love it.
0: That is my love. favorite thing when like there's pictures of like people in period pieces, but like they have iPhones and AirPods and that's some good shit. Um Beautiful. that's I wanna do like a MoMA exhibit. Um, and it's all photos like
2: that, all just Jason Schwartzman and um Kirsten Dunst on Marie Antoinette with their MacBooks, exactly their water bottles.
0: Yep, the Beautiful. infamous Game of Thrones Starbucks. <laughs> um, it's See, gonna be so,
2: so Sophia Coppola lets people have their Starbucks, but she is a queen enough to not let it wind up in her movie unlike the people at game of thrones like, oh who were God. just hired that, <laughs> that, like, like that was the most
1: insane thing like how it just really funny
2: because all the people who are pointing it out were getting like attacked by people who loved that season and like defended it until the very end and still some r- reason do um, and they were like, no, the show is so good. But I'm like, okay, there's no reason a coffee cup should be in the shot. Like, be serious, be nope. serious.
0: Um, but yeah, those are besides like, you know, my, I, I watched one of the movies I'm going to talk about today. Um, I love preparation for this podcast. I bet everyone can guess. Um, but I'll say it later um kenzie besides chevalier and um evil dead rise which we know you saw uh what else you you've had quite the week actually now that i'm thinking about it what what have okay you-
2: honestly the last two weeks because we didn't talk about it on the last podcast so like in the last two weeks i saw bo is afraid in imax by the way like why um terrible movie i i, I do i think it's terrible but I I would much rather get fifteen of those than whatever Chris Hemsworth's making. I'm so sorry. Um then also I saw I saw something else. What did I see? I don't remember. I saw you Evil Dead Rise I, in IMAX. Which I did not like. I mean it's fun. It's just not You know, I saw this in my review on the site, which you can read. Um, but <laughs> Evil Dead franchise has always been really mean to women, and it's like been kind of like whatever it's just a graphic movie. But this one felt really like vindictive. and like, I don't know. It just was weird. um, I just don't know what men's mothers are doing to them or like go to therapy. I don't understand. i don't I don't think we need to see this many movies like torturing mothers um. I saw Chevalier. I saw The Covenant. Wait, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Um, Terrible movie. It could have been good, which is what's so weird because I went into it thinking it was going to be like this pro America bullshit movie, which it is. But like, if for like an hour, it kind of fools you that it's not. And then it just totally is. And I, it basically like you're following J.J. Len Hall and this interpreter. And then um like the trailer shows <laughs> the Jake Dylan gets him back to America and he feels bad. And so he goes back to Afghanistan and it's like I don't know, like the, the interpreter story is far more fascinating and obviously the movie's too wrapped in pro America to like follow him instead. Um and then I saw something else I don't remember. Obviously, it wasn't good. I don't know. I just like have seen everything in the last two weeks, and um, nothing good. Now that I'm thinking about, because I was kind of Chevalier was good. I was kind of mid on Chevalier. Oh my god. I'm not okay. like I, I don't I'm think highly... it's bad. I just I'm not a biopic person. I am not a period piece person. There was like a lot working against me, but I will like. I will be screaming about Kelvin at the end of the year. I think he's incredible in it. I think what he's doing is so layered. And then I found out from um, uh, Jazz of Variety that he's like playing the violin in it, which is so crazy to me. Like, that's so impressive. Like, I don't know. His performance is just absolutely insane to me. I think he's so incredible in it. And I really love Samara Weaving in it. I feel like she isn't really being spoken about, which is weird. Yeah. I think she has a lot to do in this movie and she does it really well in a way where it doesn't feel as pe- like, I feel like the script is just pulling the movie back so hard. Like I want, I wish the trailer, the original trailer that we watched for like a year and a half was like, this isn't a regular biopic. And then it just was. Yeah. I kind of wanted it to be more like Marie Antoinette. Like let's, it doesn't have to have this huge story. Just let it follow this man whose work was like tarnished. And then I also feel like what's so weird about it is like that I don't think I obviously all is leading up to the fact that like what it says in the credits that like his work was just kind of like pushed out, like not not even pushed to the side, just like destroyed and like forgotten about completely. And I just feel like that could have been more interesting to just watch him work without this like plot of Samara Weaving's character. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just felt like it got to in the trope of like a love story gone awry versus like a man's entire career thrown away. But when they then when they dropped the I think what irked me about it,
0: um, which again, I did love it. If there's one thing I appreciated real quick, it's that it was a tight hundred and ten minutes. Yeah. And One of my beef with period dramas is they will go on for 90,000 years. This movie um, had like it's like three act structure and it stayed to it and I it, really like that. It was tight and it yeah. um, but if there is one thing is I do agree that like it really holds in on the love story but then once they're done with it they're just so done with it. It just and felt like it was the like... most abrupt ending to that. Yeah. that The acting between the two of them is fantastic in that scene um and then someone she in I my really audience
2: yeah so one of my audience laughed though when like she fell when they first kissed and like that's how they like he embraced oh, yeah. her like someone in my audience literally laughed like I was like it felt very like fanfic trope at the moment I was like we don't need this like I, I don't know to a press screener
0: for it and it was really weird because it was a press screener slash, like, one of those, um, like, audience survey type screeners, so they had yeah. distinguished seats for people who were doing the surveys, and this group, um, there was very, I didn't have to wonder how they were feeling at any point in the movie, they were very okay. vocal about it, and, um, when, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, when they look out and you see Samara Waving's pregnant,
2: <laughs> this one girl went, <gasps> oh, girl! like Wait. out loud oh this is a huge spoiler so just like skip ahead hit the 30 little seconds. 30 second thing yeah um when uh <laughs> what's her name from fleabag comes yeah to... brett
0: Gilman's uh brett Gilman's girlfriend in fleabag
2: that's just that's her name um when she comes and she's like well he killed it but my entire audience including my mom go <gasps> and I yeah, was like, no. what the fuck did you think was gonna ha-? i was like what like of course
0: that, like this yeah the, this guy with like, the audience said multiple times like I, I would like to
2: kill you like was just gonna be like oh, that's okay like oh, I was like they didn't make him that scary for no reason they, yeah. like I'm I really it is just like the funniest line delivery though like she's like, will she will he kill him I was like. And it's oh. this really serious
0: scene. It's this really serious scene. But I also, like, the the line, your, uh, the line, your, like, almost as if she's, as, almost as if, you're, as if you're expecting, like, a duh.
2: Yeah, like, it literally, it was, it really was, like, and my whole audience lost their mind. I was like, nobody else is getting that this is, like. I
0: knew that was coming from the second that girl walked into that church knocked up. I was like, oh, the same coin? Well.
2: Yeah. I kind of just was like just stay i like i was like why would you i don't know i don't know i don't want to get into it but like no we will be here
0: for like 40 minutes but i yeah. it was a part of me that was like did she, i i don't mean to blame anyone but did she not maybe anticipate that that might be a thing that might happen
2: it was it was
0: in the I cards, ma'am. I would be ma'am. booking it out of there. I'd be like, yeah. I'm going to go, but I got to go.
2: When he, when he was like, we can get out of here. I was like, you know, I'm not you really into the let's run away trope, but like, just do it. Because like, yeah. if this is an ending wall. Like, I was like, the math isn't mathing in your favor, ma'am. It's like, really
0: not.
2: <laughs> um, but I will say between Bo Afraid, Evil Dead Rise, and then Chevalier, there was at least a nice um, mother storyline for a bit in Chevalier with his mother. That's true. I loved his mother. The scene, which was really well done with the flashback to her, mm-hmm. like him being separated from her. um, That was a really, really great scene about like, yeah. it's so funny because it's a trope literally in Beau is Afraid and Evil Dead Rise of like what mothers will do for their children. And it's like the only place it was treated nicely, which... You know, Mother's Day is coming up, and uh, Evil Dead Rise does not make a good Mother's Day watch. Neither does Bo is afraid. Happy happy
0: early Mother's Day. Take her to see Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> <Of course> <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> um, Jillian, what have you seen this week?
1: Um, In the last two weeks, I watched Chevalier, which I'm also pretty low on just because this I like his performance, like Min Jin. Um, It felt too much like a soap opera to me. I think they really focused too much on the fake aspects that they added in to engage with the audience and not like the real story, which was kind of annoying. But I think it was the definition of the saying, beautiful gowns, great gowns, you know? Um, And then <laughs> the second film I watched was I don't even know how to describe it because it was such an experience and it is Apple TV's ghosted <laughs> with Ana de Armas and Chris Evans. Um, I didn't really have high hopes or expectations for this film. Um, it kind of just, you know, went into it. I think it makes, it's way better than Your Place or Mine, um, <laughs> which is currently sitting last in my 2023 ranking. So, I mean, that's good. Um it was like I can't even describe this movie, but it's one where it's like I don't think it's a good movie, but I recommend people watch it because of how ridiculous it is. Like I had a fun time, not because do of the, but because it's, of
2: my reaction. This year's Serenity, perhaps, maybe.
1: Like I-, I have to keep pausing it to gasp about what was happening on my screen. <laughs> like <laughs> I was tuned in. I was engaged. It was just like, I'm very confused at the filmography of Dexter Fletcher. I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if it's the screenwriters. I don't know if it's the actors. Like, ScarJo was supposed to be in it. It's very obvious that, like, this was written with her in mind. I just don't think, like, Ana de Armas is that strong of an actress or this just wasn't the right role for her. Like, I'm interested to see how she's going down this, like, action rode with her career. I don't think this was a good spot for her to like try that out. Um it was just like she was just every time she spoke a line, I was just like, this is just not it was just really bad. But it was like in a way, there's like, there's this one scene that just really blew my mind about everything that came together to put it together because it was like all these like cameos in this very weird fashion that it also felt like it was trying to be John Wick, but obviously, like nothing can be John Wick. Um, but it was a very weird experience. and I kind of recommend people watching it because it it's the only it's one of the three Apple movies I've watched without like turning it off, which is
2: high price not a
1: good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um but I haven't really even watched I don't know April's not really calling me with the movies like I don't nothing's really out there I've been watching a lot of television um but I have some new movies I'm seeing this week so hopefully we'll get back into it all really after seeing John Wick I'm like what else do I need to watch
2: I literally I the life I never anticipated but after John Wick chapter four I feel like the cinema has felt not great. And the good thing is that I'm very confident about jillian and I are seeing um Are Either a God, It's Me, Margaret this week. In two days. Um and I'm it in
0: two days. Oh my, oh my
2: god. Oh my God. We're all seeing it together essentially. Um and I, I shows
1: up. She's there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be
2: the best. Can you imagine? You'll world. just
0: go to sit in the theater, and I'm like, "What's up, Bejazz?"
2: <laughs> I'll just bring an extra canned wine into Century City. I'm just kidding, Century City. If you're listening, I know you're a fan of the podcast Century City AMC 15. Um, I'll
0: um, I'll I'll be sitting in the sponsor us I'll go to sit down, and I'll say, "Are you there, God? It's me, Lex." <laughs>
2: that would be so good.
1: <laughs> if you're listening, God, it's if you're listening,
0: that's gonna be the name of my memoir. Is um if you're listening god it's me lex it's really good
2: oh my god
1: so we hopefully that will be a better moment for us next or two days can you life.
2: imagine if our number one and two of the year is john rick chapter four followed by are you there god it's me, Mark. we
1: don't even need to watch anything
2: else variety we're done, we're done. We did it. sorry to martin scorsese
1: we're gonna I'm seeing Sanctuary also on Thursday. I feel I'm like so this, jealous. there's too many films that people keep telling me are good, and then I watch them. Not ghosted, ghosted doesn't count, but I watch them and I'm like this. So I hope I'm not disappointed by sing I feel like I'm not going to be, but We'll see and then I really want to see Blackberry doesn't come out until next month but like if there's a movie I want to see in the next few weeks it's Blackberry and I will show up with my Blackberry. That I literally
2: love. still have um at my parents house my Blackberry Pearl my the third Blackberry which was my first Blackberry and then I have my Sidekick 2 obviously Sidekick 2 and 3 and my Juicy Couture Sidekick 2 and then I have, um, you know, those weird blackberries that were like, yeah, were like angle, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have one of those too. I didn't like it. So I didn't keep it for very long. So blackberry, and then, if
1: you're listening,
2: sponsor us, we will change our sponsor name to blackberry. I would 100% change the name for blackberry. Are you joking? remember when they came out the Blackberry touchscreen? I literally was like, I'm going to switch. And everyone was like, you can't not have an iPhone to have a Blackberry. And then they discontinued them really quickly.
1: I feel like if there's like one more, like, I guess, like biopic or like origin story movie that I will want to watch. It's the black. I don't care if it's bad. I just, you know, Blackberry. I also. Lynn, like, I'm here for a great time.
2: I know no one cares. And I know it's meant to be funny. But the moment where he's like, use your thumbs. I was like. <laughs> Holy shit! You changed the world. This is what this is what you think. Uh, I don't know. Apple. Yeah, like using the touch screen. I don't know. The BlackBerry. BlackBerry changed the world. Truly. You know,
1: we got the we got multiple Steve Jobs Apple movies. It's time for
2: BlackBerry to tell their story. Truly, I'm gonna
0: write a biopic about whoever made the T-Mobile sidekick.
2: Star. I would watch it, and you know who should be in it. Truly, Vanessa Hutchins. Paris Hilton, she had two.
1: <laughs> Paris
2: Hilton, literally, they like worked with her to design the Juicy Couture edition, which I literally stood in line to get. And I was the last person. At the Plano, Texas, AT&T, actually it was a singular store, I'm singular. realizing. Raising the bar. The T-Mobile <laughs> store was so crowded. They sent people to the singular store. I switched to T-Mobile to get a sidekick, like a sociopath well
0: ready what a perfect transition
1: what a perfect transition
0: um, into the subject of today's podcast again i cannot stress how happy i am to be talking about this topic because i'm gonna get to finally talk about so many of my favorite movies that i referenced on this podcast but not in depth so let's get
2: it started okay Um, but wait before we do mm -hmm. i just want to confirm Mm -hmm. because my list is a little um long Mm -hmm. are we focusing on movies that are genuinely bad not ones we're arguing are good
0: no genuinely so well okay like okay
2: here's an example so like an example Marie Antoinette is under the benchmark we set Uh uh-huh but I think it's genuinely a good movie. It's not like a bad movie I have a good time with. Another one is uh, Jennifer's Body. Okay. Like, I would argue those are good movies. What about
1: Babylon? No,
0: Babylon definitely does not count.
1: What about... Is that a 50%? (laughs) What about Girl Interrupted? Girl Interrupted, I'll allow it. Okay.
0: No one (laughs) take it. All right. Um, And I
2: feel like... Can we
1: I'm going to pull up my 1% movie. Yeah, do your 1% I movie.
2: It's totally fine. I just want um, everyone who's listening to know that Jillian was like, I have a 1% movie. Because I was like, I have an 11% movie. And Jillian had to one up me with her 1% movie <laughs> um, I, <laughs> that I'm dying to know about. So I think the way we will do this is
0: I'll say my first one. Um, and then we'll go in a circle and we'll. We'll say our top three, not all at once, um, like the way we did for the biopic. Okay. Um, is everyone okay with that?
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Here or we do go. you want to elaborate our parameters for our listeners. Okay.
0: So the, the parameters that we set were it had to have a Rotten Tomatoes score of under 60%. Now, as discussed um, mere minutes ago, Sometimes Rotten Tomatoes will have a lower score in a movie that is not a bad movie. Um, For whatever reason, we're not shading Rotten Tomatoes. Um, So that was a parameter we said. And I feel like after that, all bets are off in terms of. um, So I feel like we should say what it is. We should make the case of why it's a bad movie. And we should make the case of why we love it.
2: Okay, yes. This is gonna
0: be fantastic. All right. I will go first. Um, because I have to say one.
2: Um so there's, so the many oper- there's so many things running through my mind that you're gonna say first because you have so many. I love <laughs> bad
0: movies. I just do. Um I so here's the thing. I will just go ahead and say it out the gate. Geppetto is technically so it's not on Rotten Tomatoes because it's a made-for-tv film. Uh so I will not be talking about Geppetto. Um, but I still am begging for a full Geppetto episode, so I'm also going to save that for the day that I finally- It's just going to be you.
1: It's literally Maybe just going to be All three
0: of you are like, sadly, I can't come on the podcast on Sunday. I'll be like, don't worry, I got it. I like, I if, you're like- if you're
1: listening-
0: If you're listening, it's the Lex Power Hour, and today we're going to be talking about Geppetto. Um, so no, I will not be talking about Geppetto, but-
2: Oh, Julia Louise Dreyfus and Usher- we've talked about this it's got we've director, about this. usher i didn't Prince i didn't Splinter, know these for the selling points
0: obviously drew carey it was written by stephen schwartz the music who wrote wicked i um, did not know usher was in it where's ariana grande in the wicked remake or in the uh geppetto remake um but no i'm not going to talk about geppetto Does it's- usher
2: have an original song
0: so he sings the song about Pleasure Island, which isn't in. Oh, that's good. That was it It was written for Geppetto. And I feel like it was written with Usher in mind because it is very like. Is he the ringmaster? Yeah, he's the ringmaster who's like sending those kids off to be turned. Okay,
2: there was I, an original lines song. On this podcast But Geppetto
0: is on YouTube for free. You can watch it.
2: Okay. I'm okay. Wait, it was nominated for four Emmys. Yeah, and I'm pretty. I think it might have won one too. It won the CDG award for costume design for a television series. That uh, there you go. There, well, uh. I, Julia louis Drivers'
0: costume in that is really pretty. Anyway, no, Geppetto is not is a TV is made for TV film. Did not have a Rotten Tomato score, so I could not um include it. So my first pick is the second movie that I tend to bring up way too often on this podcast, and that is Twilight New Moon.
2: I'm here for this.
0: Twilight New Moon has a Rotten Tomato score of
2: 29%. Um the reason You know what a large part of that is, is because we were all Team Edward and that movie is too much Team Jacob.
0: Well, so here's the thing is I I am Team Well, so I will get I will get into my reasons why I love this movie, despite the fact that I'm Team Edward. I do think, yes, you are right. Uh, That is part of the reason it is a bad movie, is it is so Jacob-heavy. I think part of the reason it's bad is because it is one of many examples of how Alice's visions are the most pointless thing in the world because they never come true. Um, And it's a bad movie because the script is just awful. Um, we, We talk all the time about Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka? But that is... Actually, the best line ever committed to cinema, which is why I love it. Um, I love it because the aesthetics are gorgeous. It has the best soundtrack out of all the Twilight soundtracks, and all the Twilight movies have great soundtracks. Um, I love the introduction of the Volturi. and um, I think it actually showcases how much Jacob sucks. Like I know everyone wants to say that New Moon is the team Jacob movie. But I would frankly argue that Eclipse is the Team Jacob movie. And that is part of the reason why Eclipse is my least favorite Twilight
2: movie. Um, Wait, what is your ranking? I mean, I know this is for a different podcast episode. No,
0: I'm always happy to talk about my Twilight (laughs) ranking. Um, So New Moon's obviously first. And then Breaking Dawn Part 2. Okay. And Twilight. And then Breaking Dawn Part 1.
2: And then Eclipse. Okay, because mine goes Twilight, Breaking Down Part 1, Part 2, New Moon Eclipse.
0: The, like, the vampire baby pregnancy thing just really freaks me out with Part 1.
2: I just, like, that, because, so, I moved to LA and Part 2 came out. No, Part 1 came out. I don't remember. One of them came out right after I came here and um i just remember the marketing campaign for it and that is what um really uh the the whole lead up to the wedding and like i remember because i went to fashion school so like the wedding gown was a huge deal at my school like it was the like such yeah and i also like the um the song a thousand years a thousand years wow. yeah Fun. great choice Um, It really just brought me back to, like, the OC music being, like, integrated into pop culture. I don't know. And I really love – because I've always been Team Billy, and I know that recently people have been very into Billy, like, now. And I feel like – You're into Billy? Not Billy. um, Charlie? Charlie. Um, But I feel like I love his, like, thing with Edward at the wedding, even though it's very, like, sexist and ridiculous. I just feel like he's so funny and like weird why did they let their <laughs> entire guest list give a speech
0: at their wedding though Like I don't know but like um
2: you know whose speech is just so
0: stupid is Emmett's Emmett's where he's like Bella hope you slept for the last 18 years because you're not gonna be sleeping much anymore like her parents are sitting right there and it's speaking of so- her parents like why is Renee singing
2: why is Renee singing? Why is Renee like cry I mean I get why she's crying, but my whole thing is it's like Renee Where have you been? Where have you been nowhere. Renee, um, no. But um, okay, back to New Moon. Yes. I do love, love the movie theater scene. Yes. I love. And I love um that okay, this is a scene I don't love. This is why it's bad. When she goes up to those bikers and the guy's like 45 <laughs> and she's like what is she, 16?
0: <laughs> no, she's 18. She's 18 because we all talk about Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka but we actually don't talk enough about <laughs> where slender in that movie, which it's not Kristen Stewart's fault. It's the way the it's the way it's written. Is it's when 1000% in,
2: the way it's written.
0: It's she gets in that car with Alice who who has her useless fucking vision again. I hate Alice Cullen. I'm sorry. I got a vendetta against <gasps> But she's getting in that car with Alice and Jacob's like What's Charlie going to say? And Bella goes, I'm 18. I'm legally allowed to do what I want. It's the That's true. Uncool response that anybody has ever said. So that is how I know for a fact. Oh, that and her- the whole thing is her 18th birthday. I'm so dumb. The paper well, yeah, cut.
2: Where she gets a tiny little <laughs> paper, paper cut. cut oh, yeah. That draws so much blood. <laughs> I literally, like, because I want everyone to know, I am a huge Twilight fan. Like there will be a platform for us to talk about this soon but um I gave myself a paper cut after I saw it because I saw all of them in a row for the first time in college and then went to see the final one in theaters at midnight because it was like one of the last movie it was like 2012 right um it was like one of the last movies that like came out at midnight that was from like Avengers or something or Super Mario Brothers I guess because that <laughs> one was out at midnight still don't understand but I tried to like me and my roommates at the time were are trying to give ourselves paper cuts on our fingers to draw that but like it didn't happen
0: it's, what? Uh,
2: but that, it doesn't happen
0: that scene is fantastic It's
2: the way <laughs> also, she, let's talk like, about the worst actor in all of these movies okay it is not Taylor Lautner it is the man that plays Jasper. I don't understand, <laughs> way- and I'm so sorry. And the last one or whatever, when he has a southern accent out of nowhere. No, no, no. it starts an eclipse
0: because Jasper like never talks, and then, and then for whatever like, reason, well, in eclipse. When I was they're like, in like the did you know that Jasper was a Confederate <laughs> Army man? And he's like, "Well, madam." Uh, <laughs> it's, it's no. So Jasper is the worst character. Uh, well, no, Alice is. I, I don't like Alice. Are I don't are like serious. Alice? I no, I don't like Alice. Okay, do you want to know? Like, let me let me just make a quick like, what is happening. First of all, none of her visions ever come true. But worst, she explains it multiple times. The worst talent, even though her little action sequence in part
2: two, well done. Wait, okay. have you guys seen that TikTok of that person showing their friend breaking down part two for the first time? And she's recording her, and she's like obsessed with Jasper. So Jasper gets like beheaded. She's like, not Jasper. The first time I saw that,
0: I I... like,
2: she's like, are you kidding? And she's so mad, like she's furious. And I just wanted to be friends with her, minus the the Jasper thing.
0: First time I saw that, because that fight sequence isn't in the book. I thought they actually killed Carlisle, and I was about to like walk out of that theater. Um, but no, Alice in Breaking Dawn Part One. This is this is my one little point, and then we will move on before we spend too much time talking about Twilight. Is in Breaking Dawn Part One, it's the night, it's the day before Bella's wedding, and she, a a woman who doesn't sleep, looks at Bella and is like, "Okay, you get home and get plenty of beauty sleep." And then the next day, Bella shows up to her wedding, and Alice is like, "What happened to the beauty sleep?" <laughs> She calls Bella ugly on her wedding day. That's, it made her walk in those heels when she didn't want to walk in those heels. Okay, like
2: her. She, it, was, it was an thing. outdoor wedding. It was an outdoor wedding. Her heels were going to sink in that mud. Her, you know, it all starts with that ring, which just is so ugly. It is so ugly. It is so ugly. <laughs> but yeah, the wedding, like the heels, like, what are we doing? She, what are we doing?
0: like renee gets all emotional which again renee's been nowhere but renee like mom's also on
2: their alice alice does this thing where um renee is like you can give it to your daughter and alice gives the mom and bella this look that's like we're clearly not having children like what are you doing well and so
0: then they all have this tender moment and uh alice like don't ruin my my masterpiece and i'm like this day is not about you, Alice. It definitely makes it about
2: her. That's a very good observation. Thank
0: you. I, listen, uh, stay tuned for my long rant about why Alice Cullen is actually the worst character. And you know what? Who's the second best or worst character? Jasper. And there are a couple. So um, team Emmett and Rosalie, five ever. Okay, moving on. Um, Jillian, because you looked physically pained during that whole conversation. She looks
2: like Jasper.
0: Uh, well, who, who does? <laughs> i um besides that girl on tiktok um i will turn it over to you um do you want to go ahead and tell us your one percent rated movie or are you gonna save that
1: one i think i'll save that one for when we really need it okay. <laughs> it's my turn um oh, yeah. um i had a hard time with this because she has taste there- <laughs> there was movies that i was like oh that should be bad right and then it had like an 85% rating and i was like oh well you can't do that julian
0: was like our parameter should be under 85% and i was like no
2: i was thinking like under 30 at one point i was too um, um the worst so i'm gonna go with this
1: little where did it go this little comedy with a 38% tomato meter rating and a 75% audience score
2: Ooh.
1: from 2001. I'm gonna go. Well, we should have done like you have to guess them.
2: Okay, wait. 2001, Is it Josie the and comedy?
1: the Pussycats? When have I talked about Josie and the Pussycats? I would
2: have been really upset if you said Josie. <laughs> She's not a fake fan. <laughs>
1: Could you imagine if I just did this and took all of Lex's? I'm so
0: sorry. Give me the give me the hints again.
1: Um it's from <laughs> 2001, an R-rated comedy, 38% rating, um, ensemble cast.
2: Rated R. Is, is it, it is
0: Cameron Diaz in it? No. Is Chris Evans in it? <laughs> no. I was gonna say if you're about which I don't know what year not the teen movie came out, but I was gonna be like, wow. Um,
2: American? Um, no, close. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. Give There's a close. shared
1: American, wet hot American summer. Oh, Cooper. Cooper.
0: That's a good one. That's
1: a good I one. discovered this film. You Remember, like, I feel like there was a time when Netflix they still have good films, but I feel like you could discover like really interesting films on there before everyone took their movies back and. I remember I watched What Hot American Summer for the first time when I was in middle school and I was like what is this? I was so confused because I'm not like a I don't know what type of comedy this is. I want to say slapstick but that's not correct. I don't know. There's like very I don't like movies that are not grounded in reality or like there's like I don't know like because the time the timeline of this movie in one day is truly like bizarre and a wild experience of like what they're able to do and just all that stuff and then like the spinoffs um so I can see like I don't think this is a film for everyone which is why I don't recommend like I never like this isn't a film like ghosted where I'm gonna be like <laughs> you should check this out like it, it's it's yes I find like a very specific type of person um and there's some moments of it where I'm like oh I wish they could like be more realistic about things um so I can see like why people wouldn't like it can't think of like what else. I think that's like my main issue with this movie but then but then I watch it and I used to watch it all the time and the making of it and everything and I think it's just like so funny and like a lot of these people like Bradley Cooper or even like it was like before they were like really big and so it's just like fun to just see all of these people like have just a fun time on a set and. I think we always talk about that when you can like really feel like that they want to be there and they want to be working and like creating this experience um if this came out like in the 2020s or like now I don't think I would watch it like I think I it would not be for me um but I just feel like it's a really good classic and I love like the summer camp vibes of it and I think like it got a bad rap other than just it not being grounded enough, I think it's, like, a really well-done comedy.
2: I also love that movie so much. And I've never, never watched the TV show. That I never it's funny. really funny. Is funny? it?
0: Um, yeah. all I, the thing I mostly remember is Bradley Cooper and Amy Poehler. Yes. <laughs> um,
2: that, and I'm
0: not a huge Amy Poehler fan, but her character in that was so funny. And I just remember, like, Bradley Cooper was, like, not, like, they were leading, like, the theater camp. Yeah. And, uh, at one point, Bradley Cooper was, like, his head wasn't in it or something. And she's, like, yeah. theater is now. Theater <laughs> is art. And everybody sent that to me. And they're, like, hey, that's you. And I was, like,
1: yeah. It's just, like, the comedy is so exaggerated. Like, I think, I, I always conflate the plots with this one and the other ones. Because I they all literally could be the same thing. But just the fact that like they're trying to stop like this space thing from landing on the camp and like they crude all like the dweebs and like they're just so like upfront of how they feel about everyone. And like I guess people would be get annoyed by how stereotypical it could be of just like these different tropes within media or I guess like social dynamics. But it's just like I don't I just like seeing people have fun for like literally an hour and 37 minutes and they use the time great. Um, a lot of memorable lines. uh they used to have the making of it on Netflix, and I kind of like the documentary about it a little bit better than the movie. But I feel like it really sells like that these people were just having the time They're like lived on the camp. Like it was just
2: such a so good. I miss behind the scenes things like that. Bring back Blu-ray features. You know,
1: I I do. This film should have at least a sixty-seven.
2: Yeah, it should be, like, one of those, like, divisive... Not It's not a divisive movie, but, like, you know, those, like, like Mother Suspiria, they're all, like, floating in the 60s to 70s because they're, like, divisive. So some people really love them and some people just don't like them. That's what that movie feels like it should be.
1: It's, like, you can turn it on and just have the best time.
2: Exactly. Um, Mine is... Okay, I have so many. I'm gonna start with a comedy do All we right. want to guess it or should okay. i
0: give us like give us a little log line
2: if i give you the log line or I give us like the rating and it. give us
0: the year it came out
2: okay it like the like the rotten tomato score i yeah. like the rating okay Wrong. it's a 28 percent uh-huh it is a crime comedy from 2001
0: is it josie and the pussycats
2: no <laughs> well, that is a crime comedy wow it is
0: in 2001 and I'm pretty sure for no reason that I would know this that the Rotten Tomato score is around 28
2: um, crime comedy yes it's a high school movie uh,
1: what was happening in 2001 that all the movies were okay,
2: uh James Marsden isn't it oh
1: I can't remember what
2: he's okay it's It's called sugar and spice Never. it's about what okay it is about like these cheerleaders who start robbing banks wait I have heard of this (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember why I became obsessed with it I think it was because I was a cheerleader and I saw Every movie that was about cheerleaders, but this is the like, this really just sent me to space.
1: (laughs) We talk about how Lex chooses Twilight, which it could be like a movie that you can justify, and we're choosing like, (laughs)
2: like, this Um, is the funniest thing in the world to me. Like, budget,
1: like, you find this in a bin at Walmart.
2: (laughs) It, 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 my budget is $11 million, and worldwide, (laughs) it makes $6 I bet you it was all me. Um, okay, so one of the high school cheerleaders becomes pregnant, and she's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay for it? They're like, let's commit armed robbery. <laughs> and they wear these like masks. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the queen of the 2000s, Mina Sorari, isn't it? Um, uh... I don't know. It's really good. At first, it's like grocery stores from what I remember. And then I'm pretty sure they start robbing banks. I could be wrong. I haven't seen this in so long. Um, <laughs> but she, the girl that's pregnant like lies to James Marsden, who's obviously the baby daddy. And she's like, we won the lottery. And then he goes around telling everyone they won the lottery. The FBI starts investigating them. Um, but I thought this movie was a good time. I don't know. I don't think it deserves a 28%. Um it's good. It's fun. They I don't know. I can't really defend it other than I think it's fun. Um, but I will say that a woman directed it. So ahead of her time. I ahead of her time.
0: I'm going to watch this immediately.
2: It got a D plus cinema score. <laughs> okay, um, you know what? You know what? I have some money in my corner, okay? Roger Ebert gave the three out of four stars. Read it and weep, folks. Um, It's good. I think it's, I don't know. I don't know. I think that like people are just harsh on comedies about cheerleaders but i do remember the i do remember the soundtrack being pretty good like most early 2000s movies had banging soundtracks yeah um yeah i don't know i can't believe this was such a flop i'm like in disbelief (laughs) (laughs) i really loved it
1: uh,
0: podcast for oscar central called i can't believe this was a flop
1: we
2: should. You know,
0: and
1: That's then we exactly got spring. We got Spring Breakers ten years later. So obviously oh. there were some
0: influence. We can't talk about Spring Breakers. Wow, Me. I can't talk about that film.
1: Is that below a sixty?
0: Probably. <laughs> I'm. I. I feel like it's safe to assume.
1: Um, maybe not. Also, time. um, the
0: 60? wow. So it wouldn't meet our criteria.
2: Um. Oh, I forgot my other favorite part of this movie is that um the one cheerleader uses it like she'll only commit the armed robbery if she gets to be like elected uh captain so they have to like like conspire in their cheer voting to elect her captain and like they all get mad about that at the end of the movie also like not just that they get caught spoiler alert for armed robbery Oh, and then the one girl is obsessed with um Conan O'Brien. <laughs> and she wears, like, um the things that cover, the bloomers that cover your underwear under your skirt. She, like, wears Conan O'Brien on them or something. And she, like, writes them from prison. Am I, like, hallucinating? I feel like oh, that happens. I've never me. seen this movie. Oh, uh, uh, I need someone who's seen it. I'm going to watch it immediately. That is on my to-do list. Um, yes okay I'm not hallucinating she literally wears like underwear with Conan O'Brien's face on them and she's like I will write him from oh my god and Keanu Reeves is brought up in this movie I need to rewatch it
1: I is that well, you were going to say he
2: did it Keanu <laughs> it is the last day you
1: know what oh. Keanu Chella is never ending
0: it, yeah Keanu Chela, um is everyday in our hearts
2: okay I texted um, you a picture of the Conan O'Brien underwear. Can't wait to see that. Um, you know what? That? The Music Box Theater played Sugar and Spice in 2021. That All right, awesome. there
0: that is. All right. Well, on that note,
2: <laughs> I told you I had a really good one that everyone saw.
1: Um.
2: Wait till I bring on my one
1: percent.
2: I can't yeah,
0: wait. No, I am. I am hanging on a thread for Jillian's 1%. Um, I have one that has a 9%, um, but I'm not going to say that one yet. Um, My number two is... Let's see. (gasps) Oh, wait. Nope, that's Just Watch, not Rotten Tomatoes. Never mind. Mm -hmm. My number two um, is a... Wild, zany, and satirical film from two thousand one.
2: What is with us in
0: two thousand one? Because two thousand
2: one was just a pure <laughs> no bad. Rules? Movies, but, uh,
0: with a fifty three percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Josie and the Pussycats.
0: <laughs> yeah, Josie and the Pussycats. Fuck yeah! Um, I I feel like I also brought up Josie and the Pussycats for my favorite female led films. Good movie. Um, but, you know, I don't bring it up again. It's fine. It is truly really one of my favorite, like, quote, quote, bad. Like, the thing is, is, like, I don't understand why that movie is considered bad when it is genuinely one of the, like, smartest movies from a humor standpoint I've ever seen. Like the Not s-
2: even that, but, like, if you think about, like, 2001 is, like, what month did it come out? Do you know? Great question. Please hold. I saw it in theaters. Um. Okay. But if you think about like pop culture in that year, obviously nine eleven happens and then it like kind of pop culture kind of like becomes weird because it's like Americana themed. Like, you know, does anybody remember those weird Disney Channel commercials? Yes. about Like, go America. Uh, but
0: remember <laughs> when, uh, for like, okay, so it came out in April, 2011. Okay. So, so,
2: but like, the thing is, if you think about it, that is like before Britney and the Snake so she's still, Pete, mm-hmm. Like none of that album has come out. yet. Yeah, Britney, her best era, her best album. I'm so sorry to everyone who's going to say In The Zone. That is not true. Um, but it's very like much before Britney went super sexy, which is where all the pop stars were still very like cutesy. And the commentary on the way they were being used is so smart. So smart. And um. it was still accurate from the time they wrote it, filmed it, and it came out. That's insane. That doesn't happen anymore. Also, there's totally some Americana
0: pop culture in which is in the Pussycats, and it's when um, Parker Posey shows all those investors the instructional video of what they're doing, narrated by Eugene Levy, a Canadian, and um, he's like... And that and what's good for the economy <laughs> is good for America, the most ass-kicking country in the world. And then the girl in the bikini waves the American flag. Uh, so good. Um,
2: I, what's your favorite sponsorship room from the hotel? This is a great question. I um, think the McDonald's one.
0: See, I loved the McDonald. That's the bathroom. Um, but
2: the Target the Target is one
0: is good. Um, I know the McDonald's one, it's the bathroom. And there's like the big McDonald's logo in this in the mirror when it says the like beware and she
2: she puts the, the thing, smiley faces. The heart.
0: Um, and but then it, yeah. I remember there's like a hamburger, um like figurine in that bathroom. Um, what's my I remember
2: the America Online,
0: the plans? AOL, um, the hallway that had all the AOL.
2: Um, I could hear the dial up.
0: Yep, I. You know what's my favorite part of that um movie is when um first of all I love Alan Cumming in that movie. First of all, I love Alan Cumming. I love Alan Cumming in that movie. And uh no he picks he up was, his uh,
2: wig. Oh his oh, was- wig and
0: then he like <laughs> open his corset.
2: Oh my god.
0: Um <laughs> that whole last scene when parker posey we realized she has the lisp and she's like she shall she shall she shall. i was trying why should i <laughs> just like <it>
2: was... <laughs> parker posey is really good in that it's movie
0: so good that that whole movie is so funny um but yeah no it's just the thing about it and i mentioned this first of all it has a great original soundtrack
2: um, some like genuinely good early. 2000s. What's the best? Um, okay. So the Dujour song "Backdoor Lover" is a bop. Mm-hmm. But what's our favorite Josie song?
0: So I'm very partial to pretend to be nice. Um, but I also think that that cover of Real Wild Child is really good. And I used to do this thing where my poor sister would have to play Fiona, and I would play Josie. And I would stand on the couch. And um, I would put that song on in my boombox. And I just remember she always rips off the ear and goes, that's it. And then tackles Parker Posey. And my poor sister would have to stand by a beanbag chair so that she didn't get crushed. And I would (laughs) reenact that scene. um, But like, that's the thing is when I was like seven when that movie came out, I thought it was this really serious drama piece about these poor girls that were almost exploited. Um, And now I realize, like, it is actually one of the funniest movies. God, that part where they come out of the salon and they already have the giant billboard up. And Rosario Dawson's like, we're not Josie and the Pussycats. We're just the Pussycats. And Alan Cummings like, yeah, but our studies have shown that people resonate more when they have someone, like, to lead the band. And she's like, what about the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or the Backstreet Boys? And he's like, okay, if you want to split hairs, Yes
2: it's so funny because like you're like what are the ones right you know
0: like, like what is the blank besides Daisy Jones and the six which <laughs> didn't really exist then I can't think of another band that was called and the and it's still but
2: yeah um I also just really love Rachel Lee Cook in that movie so much yeah. and I love the way they used Tara Reid and her then boyfriend Carson Daly mm-hmm. um beautiful work there um, and Chris Tucker's in it, right? Yeah. Oh, TRL. What a what a fucking Of course, movie. I'm Carson Daly.
0: Check the nails.
2: Um, But I think Three Small Words is my favorite song. I still know every word to that song for some reason. I know um,
0: all the words to every song on that soundtrack.
2: I love that song. But I love that movie so much. And I just love, I don't know. I feel like everyone's fully committed to taking it seriously. And I and love that it's because it's so not good. a serious movie. My favorite
0: and that might be why I think it's so funny, because my favorite brand of humor is when someone is taking something so unserious
2: very seriously. It's so good. That I is- think my, like, the eating disorder thing, where she's like, oh my god, I'm such a pig. She has, like, one Pringle on her feet, like, sent me to space. As I watch it eating, like, a full can of Pringles, I'm like, wow, my hand's stuck trying to get to the bottom. <laughs> like, this is, this is really fucking me up right now. Um, but...
0: Like, I have this weird chill down my spine, and she's like, honey, it's because you're sitting on the O. <laughs> she's like, no, guys, it's not the O, it's her.
2: <laughs> Did her read is so good in that movie. What what an era for her.
0: Like, I also feel like that movie is so emblematic of um, early 2000s pop culture. Like, that movie just oozes Y2K... Like, yes, it did come out in 2001, but it was filmed in 2000 if it came out in April. So, I mean, it is just oozing peak Y2K, like, pop culture goodness that I think we're, like, in that romanticization um, in this, in this era. So, yeah, I'm so glad I got to bring up Josie and the Pussycats again. And mark my words, I will think of a reason to bring it up a third time.
2: Well, she had that and then American Pie 2 all in one year. That was a good year to be Tara Reed. It was. And then in 1999, she literally had like 20 movies. But she had American Pie right after Cruel Intentions. Ooh.
0: That was a good time to be Tara Reed. And then she kind of fell off and ended up in Sharknado.
2: <laughs> Tara Reed deserves better, is all I will say. Does.
0: If anyone brings up Sharknado, now that's that's a time. Um, i've never seen it i have but i the only thing i remember about sharknado and this may have been sharknado 2 which i've also seen but don't remember in one of the sharknados it takes place in hollywood and that also might be the one that tara reads in and i just remember like the the sharknado blows through and this guy dodges all the sharks and he stands up and he's like my mom always told me Hollywood would kill me and then the literal Hollywood sign flies away and impales him and he
2: dies (laughs) you know what that's pretty good that's pretty good
0: that is the only that is literally the only thing in Sharknado I remember
2: that's that's pretty good um
0: but yes Jillian what is your number two
1: um my number
0: two it's about to be like uh this is a movie that was actually nominated for 14 oscars (laughs) (laughs) 13 on rotten tomatoes
1: my number two has a 23 tomato meter rating 44 audience score rated Mm -hmm. r from 2011 described as a romance comedy 2011
2: Have you ever thought about how 2011 is like one of the worst years for movies ever? Yes. Okay, 2011, it's a comedy? Yes, it's a
1: comedy. Romance comedy.
2: What year is you it the Leap Year. It's not Leap Year.
0: Leap Year was 2009. <laughs> is it New Year's Eve? No.
2: <laughs> Wait, I used to love those movies though. Valentine's Day, New it Year's also, Eve. It also
1: okay. has, a, has an on... I don't want to, say, it's, it has two leads and then there's just a lot of like major cameos.
2: What is one of the cameos?
1: Andy Sandberg.
2: <laughs> Andy Samberg. <laughs> Wait, I know a movie he was a cameo in. Hold on. 2011? Who's one of the leads?
1: Um, I feel like it would give it away. <laughs> you want me to say the lead? Yeah. Anna Ferris.
2: What's your is number? With, um, yes. <laughs> it, what's your number? Yeah. With, I've never I've seen, seen it. it. Where I've they never, jump into the Boston Harbor? I've never seen it, but I knew when she said Anna Ferris. I was like, it's the one with Chris Evans. I
0: forgot that, <laughs> I forgot that Andy, Andy Samberg is, I've seen that. You know what's my favorite? Yeah, is he one of the guys?
1: Yeah, he's like a puppeteer. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you know my thing with that movie is that there is not a single shot, save for when they play strip horse and save for when they jump into the Boston Harbor, there's not a single shot of that film where Chris Evans is not eating a sandwich.
2: What? (laughs)
0: He's eating a sandwich in literally every single... Or the apple? Or an apple. Yeah, he has something like portable to eat in his hand in every single scene in that movie.
1: Wow. Also in this movie, we have Chris uh, Evans. I
0: forgot that movie existed.
1: Oliver Jackson, Cohen, <gasps> Chris Pratt, a- Liza Coop, Joel McHale, Tika Sumper, St- Chris Pratt, Zachary Quinto, Martin Freeman, Andy Sandberg, I- Thomas Lennon, Anthony Amph- Mackie, Aziz Ansari.
0: Yeah, wow. All of, literally all those people were in it.
1: I anyway. It nice. Um... I don't like. I thought this movie was good. I don't know. Like, I can see. I think what it does. I think it's very like twenty eleven, like what we think of romance, very twenty tens, like very heavily on like bro, bro broy. Like, I don't think it. I don't know if it. I haven't watched it in a while, but I watched it like way after it came out in twenty eleven. Um, I kind of miss Anna Faris as like a lead, and I just
2: watched her in my entourage rewatch. She plays herself. And she's so good. Yeah, so we she just watched better
1: than Chris Pratt all along. We, we just watched The House Bunny a few weeks ago, which like did not eat well, but it's okay. You <laughs> but know, The like, House
0: Bunny has my sworn enemy in it, Catherine McPhee.
1: Oh well, <laughs> yes, the one that's not. Good. Um, but like, I don't even know how to defend. I don't. I keep choosing movies that I don't know how to. I mean, I could defend what Hot American Summer. This one, I was just like, it's, it's a good it's time. Crazy. It's very of the time for 2011. Um, when I was doing my Chris Evans deep dive when I was a fan for a millisecond and then I watched his movies and jumped abroad <laughs> off that. Um, I just think like they play well together. I know people say like the chemistry is bad, but I think it like kind of works. I think he, when he's not, I think he's good when he's not given a lot to work with. Like he's just like, you just be this guy like I think he embraces be
0: himself for that movie you can tell
1: yeah I think he embraces that really well and like being able to just be himself um and I think it's also an interesting discussion about like the difference between men and women of like how many people they sleep with and like for her she's seen as really bad because she's done it with like a lot she has a long list obviously that's what the movie is about um I should have put the to-do list on here what does that have
0: the to-do
1: list That's this could amazing. be the same movie it was literally um I thought they had good chemistry and then she went They he was on her podcast with Jenny Slate RIP when they were dating um because it doesn't really I feel like it's like a rom-com that like doesn't really take much effort even though she was putting in a lot of effort compared to him but I feel like she really just like drove the movie and even though it was like really predictable that they were gonna end up together and like that was the man of her dreams I think like the journey <laughs> to get there was a fun time do I remember anything comedic about it no but I don't think it's like a 20 percent like 23 percent I think we could have given it like I don't know a 65 like I think for like a rom-com in that era it was like pretty well done because I think with the rom-com people are looking it's weird because it's like people are looking for like a new reinventation, but then also like they want it to be very kept to like the nostalgia. And I think this one, like if we're going to look at dating in 2011, like that was what it was. I think that rom-coms are good um, capsules of like what was happening at the time. And as I'm saying this, I just remembered that there was probably a movie that I wanted to say instead of this one that I could defend better. That's also... <laughs> a rom-com from 2011 and now i'm very upset with myself i'm gonna do an honorable mention for um no strings attached i think that's one of the best rom-com
2: wait let me just say on the no strings attached or um what is the other one friends with
1: benefits
2: i will ride or die for no strings attached i will ride or die for no strings attached the carrot bouquet natalie portman in a rom-com And her friends include Greta Gerwig. Like, are we serious? Are we serious? Versus Justin
1: Timberlake?
2: Absolutely not.
1: I thought we were all No Strings Attached people. And recently people were coming out as friends as benefit people. Exactly. Like, No Strings Attached was probably my most watched film. Because one, it used to be on all the time. And I would watch it. And it felt like a different movie, but the same movie. And I think that's a better encapsulation of I think that's a different perspective of the 2011 dating scene you can get what's your number or no strings attached and like I thought Natalie and Ashton had great chemistry I think there's like moments where it does feel like separate movies um I hate the storyline about his father and like hate girlfriend it. like I hate how that movie opens but I like the idea I I think I like the idea about like men versus women that's like subconsciously there that Maybe something like what's your number was hinting at and this kind of not like goes into a deep dive, but I think it does an interesting job at like just looking at the differences between the dating scene or like what's important, but like No Strengths Attached is a really, it's a, it's a classic of it the is. 2010s dating movies. It is. I'm giving two for one. There
0: you go. I'll allow it. Um, Kenzie, what is your number two?
2: Okay. My number two is one that every, it, I think it comes up a lot that it's um loved and that it should not be rotten. Mm-hmm. Um, it is NC-17. Okay. It has a 23% Rotten Tomatoes, a 37% audience score, which is kind of shocking to me. Um, it came out in 1995. 19? It's over two hours. Um, look, I,
1: I know what it is, but I'm blanking.
2: If you were a 2000s girly that loved VH1, you saw this movie edited more times than you can count. Wait,
1: what is the rating?
2: NC17. Oh,
1: no, like the tomato? Uh,
2: 23%.
1: Is it Showgirls?
2: Yes. I was going to say, is it Showgirls? Showgirls? I did life. not realize you were a Showgirls fan. We- I literally-
1: <laughs> we are kind of just discovering things on each other today.
2: I wow. was 11 the first time I saw Showgirls. Oh, um, my God. Um, but it was on VH1, so it was heavily okay, edited. Okay, so it was, like, really edited. But I immediately tried to buy it, and my mom was like, absolutely not, because the <laughs> the DVD was, like, her, like, body. like I was, was like, naked like
0: on, the, on the cover.
2: Yeah, and my mom immediately flipped it over to see the rating and was like, absolutely not. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then I remember going to like visit my cousin who's obsessed with sex in the city. and I got her to tell my mom that um Kyle McLaughlin was in it, and she was like, "It's fine, even though she had never seen it. And I got it on DVD unrated. um, oh, unrated <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um uh, just a great movie. I think it's like a really. It's one of my favorite like um new money kind of movies and I love like just like the obviously it's like super misogynistic but like I don't know just like the politics of the movie are so interesting and obviously the performances are just so intense um Elizabeth Berkeley is just like I don't even know what she's doing to be honest but I love it so much I love the hair and makeup so much in this movie I love um I don't know it's like funny but it's obviously terrible and I hate everything that is happening but it's just so fun I don't know it's so fun and the Versace line just kills me and I don't know it's it's a good it's a good movie guys it's it's good. I used to because I used to go to Vegas all the time because I live in LA and it was just a short drive when we were in college. And um we would watch this while we were packing, getting ready all the time. Every time we went. Every time.
0: I've only it's ever classic. seen this TV once and it was like 10 years ago. I rented it on Amazon and the main thing I remember is that it was so long.
2: It's very long. It feels like an Odyssey. It, this is what Bo is afraid wanted to be. Mm, okay, I've right. not seen Bo is afraid, but I'll allow that take.
1: <laughs> the amount of people that have been reco- recommending Bo is afraid to me in the last two weeks, and I'm like, do you not know? I feel like we do- we don't know each other. Why are you recommending this to me?
2: I think people just think they're being edgy, but like, you want to see something. a crazy movie? You want to see a crazy want to see movie? A
1: crazy movie? Babylon
0: you want to see a crazy movie uh put on what's your number
1: put on my one percent rotten tomato I
0: cannot wait to find out what this one person is because I would think that my number three is was a one no um wait what
2: good transition. transition
0: well no do you have anything else you wanted to share about showgirls
2: the sex scene is just an all timer. I was so cold? scared she was gonna break his dick. I'm so sorry. I was mm-hmm. like, Wow, she broke it in half. Like, I don't understand. Like, what happened?
0: That must have been on the unrated um like <laughs> <I> don't <laughs> that.
2: You don't know the scene. I can no, easily... It was ten years ago.
1: Um, I was looking no, traumatized.
2: There, there is no way you would not remember it. It's definitely was...
1: popping up on um
2: TikTok now. I'm like oh, Yeah, because people have rediscovered. We're getting into it. Well,
0: join us next week when I talk about how I rewatched showgirls and was like, "Oh, um
1: the real version.
0: The real version, yeah. Not the VH1 version." I um do we please we're talking about showgirls.
2: Okay. Do um, probably see the sex scene when you're working on your lawyer stuff?
0: Do He's we watching showgirls. It, what,
2: if I were to like, look down
0: from my lawyerly work and see that my dog was watching the sex scene in showgirls, I'd be like, <laughs> Okay. Um, Dewey. He is on one right now, just thinking about the sex scene from Showgirls. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I am Uber curious to know Jillian's number or Jillian's number one that has the 1% on Rotten Tomatoes. I
1: don't think I want to do it though.
0: No, you have to now. You have
1: <laughs> I can't defend I can't defend it. it. So, it's, okay. it's okay. It's
0: okay. Because you know what? I'm about to say that the movie that i am about to say, I'm frankly shocked that it doesn't have a one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, go. Um, okay, it is a. Let me pull up the score. Um, <laughs> it is okay. Um, so somehow, I don't know how, this movie has a twenty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was released in two thousand three. And it is described by Google as melodramatic, thrilling, and psychological. Psychological? Mm-hmm. It's psychological, all right. Just not maybe in the re- in the way that it wants you to think it is.
1: Why did I look up 20, t- 2003 movies and the first thing that pops up? Keanu Reeves' Journey to Success.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, who's in it? If I say it, I'll give it away. Give give us something. No, I really um, wait the melodrama? Psycho- psychological
0: melodrama. Yeah, 26 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Two thousand. Um, Are you talking about the room? Talking about the room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wait, um, when I first moved to LA, it was when it was still playing a lot in theaters because it was like before the room, like the disaster artist. Yeah. And, uh, like we would see it all the time. and He was always there, like always. Oh yeah.
0: I wish I went to, so the way I found the room was there was a time in my life where I thought I wanted to be a filmmaker. And so I went to film school at the New York Film Academy at Harvard, um, for a summer thing. And we took a screenwriting class and our professor, teacher, instructor, or whoever, um, was like, here's the thing. A lot of people think they're writing this really great script. But then they're writing this. And he shows us the room. Oh my god. I was like, this is the funniest fucking movie I have ever seen in my life. Um, My party trick is I can quote the entire final scene. um, (laughs) And I will if I'm drunk enough. Um, I think that the whole story... Here's the thing. I... When the Disaster Artist, like the book came out, I pre-ordered it. I was in college and I pre-ordered it. I was like, I have to read this book. I have read that book four times and I'm not one to reread books, but I have read the Disaster Artist four times. If I were Greg Sestero, I would. Now, here's the thing. He probably got he probably got a pretty penny for um from A24 for the rights to option that book. But if I were him and I'd seen that movie, I would fucking sue. Um, Because my biggest beef with the movie, I actually hate The Disaster Artist. The movie. Love the book. Hate the movie. Because the movie skips over all of the best parts of that book. And also, like, romanticizes Tommy Wiseau. And I get that, like, it's really easy to romanticize Tommy Wiseau because he's just so weird. But there's so, like, the fact, I don't know, if I were Greg Sestero and I I saw that movie and I watched the scene where he reads the script for the first time and is like, you want me to be in this? Really? I would be like, the fuck that's not what happened because he, like any normal human, read that script and was like, I'm not going to be in this movie. And he didn't have a job at the time and Tommy was so we still don't know where he's getting his millions, offered him an amount that he did not disclose in that book, so you know it was a lot and that's how we ended up in that so like it it's this whole I have a lot of view for the disaster artist like the movie I also don't think James Franco is giving that great performance as Tommy Wiseau I don't think he actually sounds like him um Dave Franco I don't know what he's doing in that like I don't like the disaster artist movie but I think the room is legitimately one of the best movies ever made because the plot doesn't make any sense, obviously. The script sounds like it was written by an AI bot. Um, I say all the time, I got the results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. Anytime like something bad happens to me. Um, I like I but what's so brilliant about it is in some ways though, it's like Tommy Wiseau had a dream and an inexplicable fortune. And he he did it though. And, like, there's something about the fact that this is an awful movie, but it has become, like, somewhat of a cult, or, like, obviously a cult classic, but in some ways, like, a bit of a cinematic, cinematic legend that I just think is so genuinely inspiring. It's like, man, if you two have a mysterious fortune and just no talent whatsoever, you too can have a movie that, like, lives on and gets a movie made about its making. And I just I don't know I love the, I love the room like I watch it at least three times a year I'm due to I'm due to rewatch it I I love the room so much that I know all the words to the songs that play during the sex scenes. <laughs> That's a commitment. And I'll sing it for you now. No, I'm kidding. Um, that would be hilarious. One day I want to like go to a karaoke machine and see if they have the songs from the room and I would sing um I would sing I will which is the um, first song to play during the first sex scene. Iconic. Um,
2: I have only seen this movie once. I saw it in the theater, and that was it. Did you throw spoons? I did not, but everybody else was, minus me and my roommate, because we didn't understand what was happening. Despite him being out front, telling people what to do. And I was like, why is he wearing so many belts? Like, I was so confused by the whole thing. That's my favorite Um, thing that he was out there telling people to throw the spoons. Basically, so when I was in college, we lived in this apartment and we would go to the hot we had a hot tub in our building and it would close at 10. So we would go from like 930 to 10 and we would like either try to meet people from our apartment building, see what they were doing. And if they weren't doing anything, we would like come up like, if we didn't find anyone we wanted to hang out with, we would come up with plans. And these guys that were way too old to talk to us were like, we're going to see this movie. You guys want to come? And we went with them. And um funny story is this was before Uber and we called a cab like 10 minutes before the movie like ended and just left with she all these guys. The no, no, we saw the end. My friend just went out and called a cab and came back and we were there there was like another 20 minutes with the credits and everything and then uh we left i never thought I, I don't know i saw those guys like two days later in our building you never were both
0: going up to those people <laughs>
2: <laughs> i was like i don't know but i was like 18 this is so long ago obviously it was bella
1: can i add a discovery i have had about what's your number
2: oh yes. my god what I'm scared.
1: The 2011 hit film What's Your Number was directed by the man who has directed the a recent te- episode of television that has been proclaimed one of the greatest episodes of TV ever. Oh, oh it was and Mark The episode is Art- <laughs> the you know,
2: you know what's so funny is because I am rewatching Entourage and he directed a ton of them. And I was looking up was- his filmography <laughs> to see other things he's directed outside of hbo shows because i was like how long has this guy been like cooking and i remember seeing that wow that's so funny i was it a cash grab like what else is in his filmography around then
1: um
2: because he was doing entourage
1: ally g what's your number the big white and he hasn't directed a film since what's your number and it was the menu Wow.
2: Well. I loved Ali G when I was on TV. Wow. The, wow. Um, Tommy Wiseau should direct
0: an episode of Succession. I know it's ending, but
2: he should have was... done Ali G. That's very much his, mm. his angle. I anyway, for
1: very... the listeners, I thought you would like that fun fact that will shatter <laughs> your world. And maybe that is so consider funny. what's your number.
2: On this very special succession Sunday. Wait, how do I top the room? And then like no, after no. me is Jillian with a 1% movie. Like what?
0: Gillian uh, is next in the rotation, but we okay. will skip Jillian. Go to you because I think we should end on the 1%. But I don't yeah. want to see
1: the one percent. I'm sorry. You, you, have to. Done it.
0: you Can can't I bring give... it up as many times as you brought it up and then not say it.
1: Can I give my actual one and then say the one percent? Yes. Okay. okay, then I'll go last. Okay. <laughs>
2: She lays back down. I hope everyone knows when we're podcasting, Jillian's laying down. If she's not talking, hope- and you can't see her.
0: Uh, if you're listening and you can't see, um, <laughs> Jillian will randomly, I'll look over and Jillian is like doing somersaults down her hallway.
2: <laughs> yeah, there she goes. Um. Okay. I have so many, which, okay. Should I pick another kind comedy crime? Should I pick a sci-fi? I want
1: to say that all of the ones I originally picked were all in the 50s and I felt like I needed to lower them
2: down to the 20s. I love that. Should I pick a drama from the 80s? A horror from the early 2000s? Or a comedy slash romance from the 2010s? Drama from the 80s.
1: Drama from the 80s. Okay. I feel like we've
0: all done like early 2000s, 2010s. Like
2: I want some 80s. Okay, but I need to shout out Jawbreaker. Okay. 10 out of 10 minus one person being in it. Deep Blue Sea. 10 out of 10. Right. Just so fucking good. Silent Hill is a good movie. You guys are just mean, okay? And Bachelorette should not be rotten. What are we doing? Anyway, this is a drama from the 80s. I What year? 88. Okay. I think it stars one of your enemies. I'm not sure. Um... Forty-three wasn't even born yet. Um. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, a, there's a, not a connection, but like kind of. David Foster. Uh, it has a forty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes critics, eighty-eight percent audience score. Nice. I think this was a classic for everyone growing up that um had entertainment aspirations. Um, we got many hit songs from this movie and david foster wrote one of them i don't know i'm just saying her personality the lead actress feels similar Mm -hmm. to katherine Fee.
1: it's a drama
2: yes about friendship in the entertainment industry it's not beaches is it it is beaches beaches is a great movie i know so what's it doing at 43 percent what is it doing at 43 percent Beaches ruined lives, let me tell you. Like I'm need my wings. But doesn't Ben Miller give out Catherine McPhee energy? She does, but even she's still more endearing than Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> um no, this is a all timer. I you know, I'm looking at people that gave it negative reviews. Are we kidding? This person spelled Gary incorrectly. What's going on here? Uh do you know? Um,
0: I recently rewatched that movie, um, and I don't know that scene where she goes to see her mom in Florida, and her mom's like, Cece, I love you. I just can't pay attention to you anymore." I think about that scene a hundred times a day. I,
2: I just, you know. I was a kid and I wanted to be like in show business and I never, um, my parents were like all for it. And then I was like, no, it seems so scary. Um, but I don't know. I just like their friendship just seems so like pure. And like, I love, um, because I was a huge glitter defender. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mom being like, you know, there's better movies about like people becoming famous, and showed me Beaches, and um, I just cried for hours. I thought it was so depressing. Um, it's so sad. It is so sad, and I love um, Under the Boardwalk. Obviously, a bop, a bop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the kid casting to adults. I think it looks so good. Yeah. And that was something a, a young kid, Maya. I-
0: um, what's your last name from Big
2: Bang Theory? I am Bialik. Yeah, but I, me and her don't, we don't get along.
0: I don't like her, but she is good as young Cece.
2: Yeah, but that's like great casting. Like it looks yeah. just like her. Um, but I love Ben Midler in this. I feel like she's really good in it. Um, Barbara Hershey, obviously, just amazing. But I think it's like really like a testament to like female friendship, and it kind of shows like the good. And, like, the horrible things that, like, people say when they're friends with someone for so long. Like, you see the worst in people that you know that well. I think the movie really highlights it. But, I mean, obviously, it's very cheesy. But I think it's so good. And it's, like, a movie. I feel like every person, like, not every person, but people who like movies or, like, movies about, like, show business kind of always find it. And... I don't know i feel like it's like a movie you always like cherish you know like it ruined my life but like i'm always gonna remember watching it and i'm always gonna get like in a random mood to watch it that and the cover is like, a
0: random mood to watch
2: it's such a brutal movie to like randomly want to watch but sometimes i'm like i just want a movie i know is gonna make me cry and you know what movie will always make me cry beaches. beaches
0: do you know what is another if we're talking weird songs and i know all the words to um when barbara Hershey. And her husband go to see CC on that Broadway show. And she's like, don't do it. You're going to be selling out. And she does it anyway. And she sings that song about the invention of the bra. I know all the words to that song, too.
2: That's a really good. Um, You should sing it at karaoke. Yeah.
0: After I finish the sex song from The Room, I'll then follow that up with Otto von Titzlein. Yes. I love. I love. That's a great pick. Great, great pick. It shouldn't be rotten. It should not
1: i'm surprised it is
0: i i'm loving the variety that we're having on this um i also am loving that we now get to hear what this one percent is because i of- need to know
2: it's like killing me
1: okay so first i'm gonna do like my actual one which has a 21 percent rating it is rated pg from 1992 um kids and family comedy
2: 1992? Kids and Family Comedy. PG. Oh, the movie I thought you were talking about is from 1986. And it is not even rotten. Wow. What movie did you think? <laughs> I thought maybe it was an American tale. <laughs> okay, one, if that was rotten,
0: I was going to be like, hang on. I, I have an idea, but I need to check the year. An American <laughs> Um. If I found out that American Tail was uh, rotten, I would march over to Rotten Tomatoes myself and throw tomatoes at them until I fix that. Um,
2: American Tail is
0: what he thought he was doing with the
2: Fablemans. um,
0: Okay, I thought that you were maybe talking about (laughs) It Takes Two with Mary-Kate and Ashley.
1: Titanic
0: Um, 2? No, It Takes Two with Mary-Kate and Ashley. Which no. was in ninety five, but that has an eight percent on rotten. Yeah, TV. I just wow. I saw
1: the other day because I was watching it, and I was like, eight percent. I I don't different.
2: know. Wait, nineteen ninety two is that what year
1: we saw? Yeah, nineteen ninety two. What was the percentage? Twenty one.
0: Family comedies came out in
1: nineteen ninety two. This is like very off brand is it Disney. Yeah. I think so yeah live action yeah
0: okay I'm getting warmer
1: uh...
0: is, is it Beethoven <laughs>
2: no is it Newsies no
0: <laughs> is <laughs> it Can the, the Mighty Ducks it? <laughs> yes it's
2: the, the Mighty, mighty Ducks yeah Wait, that's rotten
1: yeah great um, I discovered the Mighty Ducks during the pandemic because I watched the Mighty Duck Game Changers, which I think was a great revival. And then I got really caught up in the Mighty Ducks cinematic universe.
2: The cinematic Universe. Mighty
1: yeah. Ducks one, two, and three. Saw them all. Um I thought that, I, I don't know what's wrong with this movie for it to have a 29%. Is it predictable? Yes, but it's a heartwarming story, and I think Emilio Estevez is a great leading guy, very believable about his transformation. And what's wrong with like a sports movie? Like I don't get, I don't get the issue that people were having with this one. And I had a lot of fun. It made me want to go learn how to play hockey and join a hockey team, and a lot of inspiration.
0: Can I say that you're like- Keaton
1: Thompson is in one of the sequels? Like, are you kidding me?
0: Can I say that you're like, no, no. I couldn't possibly say what my 1% movie is. I have to defend the Mighty Ducks.
1: (laughs) I'm going to tell you. I'm just defending the Mighty Ducks first. (laughs) Okay,
2: let's talk about the Mighty Ducks though, because- I love the Mighty Ducks. I, I was like a baby when it came out. But I remember when I was like four or five- One of the sequels was coming out and my babysitter was like oh my god we have to go see it and i was like like she like took like she told my parents she couldn't babysit me so they could go see like one of the mighty duck sequels but okay i was looking up this movie okay to see like who's in it and there's this guy in it that i was like is that beaver or whatever from breaking bad and it is not Um, but this guy, is he friends with Ashton Kutcher? He's in, like, every Ashton Kutcher movie possible, Um, but specifically, he plays Andy Hertzfeld in the Ashton Kutcher Steve Jobs movie. (laughs) Very weird, but he's in *On Lords of Dogtown, and that movie was very primitive for me, like, growing up. I was obsessed with it. Obsessed. Um,
1: The Mighty Ducks is a great film, a great sports film. It's what we think air is doing. But for that's a
2: good that's kids, a good call out Little kids that, kid kid that just
1: want to win the hockey and you're rooting for them like I feel like you're cynical if you didn't like the movie like what did you think we were getting Rudy like I don't know I don't know what the epitome <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> going I don't know the what here <laughs> of the sports films are is it Rudy I don't know don't remember Rudy I remember the Mighty Ducks um uh-huh also
2: in uh he's also in a tv movie version <laughs> of elvis and me <laughs> I and mean, i think that's really funny
1: <laughs> anyway and then my honorable mention is hoodwinked <laughs> that <laughs> has a one percent no no it has 46 oh. percent i'm just saying i can that's agree what is the
2: one percent ad- movie was the, the lead
1: I'm, I'm almost there the animation is really bad but like Anne Hathaway as Little Red Riding Hood, iconic. Um, I know all
0: the okay. words to the song she sings on her bike. Here's the story. I hope you, you like
1: it. It's the one about the,
0: night. the girl riding on her bike. Oh, oh, it's a tired old tale, but it oh. still rings true. She could never be rude or unkind, but the sad song played in the back of her mind. Whoa, oh. could someone show me a different way? To to different day, take, way, to take oh, me take away, me take me out, out, out of the
1: woods.
0: Great big world, big world. You know what I'm wanting for you. for you. Don't know how I still remember all the
1: words. Of I that. just remember that. Hear <laughs> the story. I hope. You will like it. Someone that's uh, always <laughs>
2: for um, everyone listening. They were both dancing, and it was like the exact same, and it was really funny the way that worked out. <laughs> I've i just like i Hoodwink. get it
1: because i think shrek came out before i shrek did come out before it so i get it but like i feel like the satire in hoodwinked is like on the level of shrek and i wish they were like the same
2: that's you where know. that um you wish meme hoodwinked that was going around TikTok. for the palm Dior.
1: yeah
0: that was the was meme like- that was going around tiktok where it was like did i <laughs> when, they,
1: when they go when they go in the with the goat in like the mountains
0: yeah and the goat can only sing
1: he can only sing oh and he's my God. rocking on his antlers he's rocking on the antlers he's changing his. i didn't watch the sequel we don't need to watch the sequel no. we only need to watch this one okay so also, i
0: didn't say my honorable mentions so i will say mine but i'm gonna say mine and then we're gonna we're gonna end this but i'm not letting Jillian Wait, off i off.
2: have so many honorable mentions i forgot house of wax the classic, Great one. Great one. um, Jaws 3. Great one, I <laughs> love Jaws 3. Uh, that's the one you know, that takes place in the Bahamas, right? Wait, I don't mean that one. I, I think what I mean is Jaws 4, the one that's in the theme park. The theme no, that is Jaws
0: 3. Jaws 4 is in the Bahamas. How is he traveling um, everywhere so fast?
2: Different Jaws, the other, the the OG Jaws is at the Academy Museum. Bruce gotta go
1: save him. We got to go um, save him.
2: I feel like I have another one. Um Glitter, which I kind of touched on, but I love Glitter. And also Crossroads, the beautiful. Oh, I got to complete the Trifecta. Okay? The Trifecta of rotten movies. I don't even have to look it up to know it's rotten. Burlesque.
1: Oh, Burlesque is so good. Is it it's rotten? So-
2: it probably is. I like I'm it's 100%. not what is it 37 37 um, it's so good um classic you know we didn't talk about it enough raise your voice oh <laughs> <laughs> remember <the Hillary laughs> <Duff song? laughs> um you know what other movie i really love um is uh what's that movie with richard Deere and j-lo and stanley tucci oh i know what you're talking about but i can't remember the name susan sarandon's in it there's no way that one is not rotten
1: um it is shall we dance good movie uh, it <laughs> is at uh, 47 told you
0: do you know susan sarandon's ex-husband christopher sarandon who was in the princess bride and also did the voice of jack skellington in the nightmare before christmas is from my hometown of beckley west virginia
2: wow west virginia
0: yeah and he went to woodrow wilson high school which
2: was in my neighborhood growing up wow oh you know a movie i love that i know is rotten it's connected to burlesque okay and it's connected to twilight okay can gigante he killed Marissa Cooper on the OC. Um, that movie with um, Blair Waldorf and Minka Kelly, The Roommate. Yes, I miss movies like that, like um, like teen thrillers. We um, do need more teen thrillers. The Roommate is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. Princess Fisher's um, um, in it. Oh my God, this movie is three percent. What is it? Was it called? The roommate. The roommate. Oh, the roommate. Oh, and you know what? You know what today is the anniversary of probably one of the best rotten movies of all time. And I say this like I'm not a Beyonce fan. Obsessed.
1: Um oh focus? No, no. I'm trying the one we're sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> Obsessed with Ali Larder and Beyonce and uh, Driselba. That one is so good. The roommate has three percent. The roommate has three percent. You know what?
1: I lived the roommate, so I can let them know they did it correctly. Wow. wow! I literally was in live action roommate.
2: That's so scary.
1: My freshman year.
2: What do we think about movies that are like at sixty percent? There's
0: many movies I like that are at sixty percent. Um, Spree's at sixty-three percent. I looked it up. Freaking love Spree.
1: Sixty percent is a good one.
0: I um, I gotta to shout out my honorable mentions um i have to shout out cats the 2020 <sighs> disaster at a 19 i was going to go as taylor swift in cats to the Eras tour because i think it is the last original costume and then i put that costume on and was like no um it looks so good no it didn't um, it looked good. no it didn't um
1: yeah. you I know what to- i'm not gonna say my one percent unless you wear the cat costume
0: <laughs> I will wear the cat costume
1: to the Taylor Swift eras tour I will wear the cat intended. costume
0: I will wear the cat costume <laughs> Um, I also have to shout out Mamma Mia which for whatever reason <gasps> has a fifty-five score?
2: 55% okay we should have done the whole podcast for the Mamma Mia we absolutely Mama should Mia. it's a I, a, <laughs> I had a Mamma Mia themed baby shower I still love that
0: um I have to shout out Hot Rod. Oh that's a good. One. 7 comedy with Andy Samberg and um Bill Hader um at a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. You no,
1: know, there's a lot of Andy Samberg movies I really like that are all rotten.
0: The uh like The Lonely Island that was a time when that was like considered like peak comedy in the 2010s the late <laughs> 2010s but I love an Hot Rod when he's like my safe word is whiskey. Whiskey, um, but Jillian, I think you should share what the one percent is.
1: Let me do some preparation.
2: (laughs) She's downing a bottle of unnamed tequila. Yes, we won't be saying brand name.
1: Uh, You know what? This is smooth. I don't know why people don't like this. I agree. Okay so I'm gonna give a um, disclaimer like I don't like this movie I just brought it up because I thought like it would be funny but like I'm not endorsing it I'm not putting my name on it <laughs> I am reliving a childhood memory that for some reason we own this on DVD and would watch it when cars had DVD players and like this we only had this movie Madagascar <laughs> And Fat Albert on DVD. Read, my, sister, my sister also made us watch Home Alone when it wasn't Christmas. I don't know what was happening there because that's a Christmas movie. And for Wait, some reason,
2: Madagascar is one percent. No, she still has no. Said oh I'm
1: promising the story. The <laughs> point. So we had this on DVD. I don't know who bought this. Um, it has a one percent. It, it was, was released. You.
0: In- you can say it. It's okay. It no, I mean. was a
1: child. It was released in two thousand and two. Um one of the one of the consensus says an irritating witless farce weighed down by sophomore gags and ill-conceived attempt to utilize talent for mimicry. Um it has an SNL alum at the helm of it. It's I've I watched it now. I don't think I I haven't watched it since I was like a child. Um I think Bradley Cooper's ex-wife is in it. Ooh. Um I don't think there's any redeeming qualities about this movie any guesses
0: okay came out in 2002 had an snl alum bradley cooper's ex-wife
1: the mom from wizards of waverly places in it
0: mom from
2: okay (laughs) um close brows wait Wait. is it master of disguise (laughs) yeah that's what this movie god because uh, okay you said bradley Cooper's ex-wife was in it and in my mind i was like little Nikki," and then i was like i don't know what you were watching that as a child of like like with your parents knowing oh my god that is so funny
1: so anyway i find there was like a realm of comedies that came out for children that had like references to things like that we wouldn't know but for some reason like pop culture references like Scarface was referenced and everything but it's like we wouldn't know but for some reason it was really funny and this one is full of references of things that like a child wouldn't have no idea about um and we used to watch this on repeat in the car and I don't know what is redeeming Mm -hmm. about it but you know at the time at the time it was very entertaining i was talking to my mom about it today and she's like oh that one that was a good one um james brolin is in it um That's so <laughs>
0: say this entire movie. episode i've been like i can't wait and yet i feel weirdly disappointed
2: <laughs> by master <laughs> of disguise no yeah. i feel like
0: it's such a good one I just, didn't, like, I to just didn't have a 1%. I don't
2: know. Okay, I was Googling. It amazes me that the... the
0: Master of Disguise has a lower rotten Tomatoes score than the room.
2: I feel like because it's kind of like offensive. It's very that's that's <laughs> yeah. Um My parents wouldn't let me see that when it came out.
1: Well, I will had it on repeat and I have it on DVD. I can send it to you.
2: You probably have a version like the Taylor Swift um CD where she like you're did she say? yeah you probably have like a version of master of disguise that's no longer available because like he said something awful in it and they cut it out oh my god that is so funny
1: wow that is my one percent movie and keeping everyone on the edge of their toes the durability for our listeners has risen for this entire episode because everyone just needed to know if, I if, was watching that Dana Carvey documentary the other day, and I was like, wow, what a terrible career he had post-SNL.
2: He, you know what movie I should have said that I didn't say? What? Did you guys ever watch those urban legend movies? No. <laughs> um. So there were, like, these urban legend horror movies, and, like, they kept making sequels. They would go straight to DVD. But there was one... Uh urban legends bloody mary and Kate morrow was in it and i know that shit's rotten
1: wait 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 i have one that doesn't have a rotten tomato score (laughs) (laughs) um um you know how like i one time i went i was in montana for a summer and we went to the dollar tree because we were making a short film and we had to get the props for our short film that i was in um maybe that's rotten. i feel like it is but we yeah the dollar tree they have like knockoff films of popular films
2: (laughs) oh my god yeah
1: one of them was i forget what it was called but it was a ratatouille um knockoff i forget what the name was it was so good like the name not the movie and it was like the worst animation i've ever seen
2: that is so funny some of those are so funny like the movie that i'm talking about the special effects are so bad in it. i'm looking at images of the bloody mary and like she's not (laughs) scary But I remember when I was like in middle school, the show was scary. I, but to I always do- just remember because Kate Mara is in it. And like, what do you I want?
1: To- I want to do a Disney Channel original movie, but all of those are certified fresh.
0: We will we'll look at Disney Channel. We'll have to do a special episode. On we this. don't
1: have Rotten Tomato scores.
0: Kenzie, you said something, but you had. Are you saying that I should do an episode on Disney Channel movies that include Geppetto? Since that was technically made for the wonderful world of Disney on ABC? I completely agree.
2: Um, like the uh Peter Pan musical with Allison Williams. That was NBC. <laughs> oh. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh Ryan, God, I forgot about that. Or Megan, I, Allison
0: Williams. The only Megan's the only, mom. I remember Christopher Walken was Captain Hook. And hey, his, what year was
1: this? I remember
0: 2014. This. I was in college. You
1: uh, know what? They did really good with that hairspray live. One, oh, and here's where live
0: was good. Grease Live was good. Is good
2: yeah. I was like, do you know what, what I, I remember we... about Grease Live? Was that Vanessa Hudgens', Vanessa Hudgens dad died dad yeah. the day of the show? Performance. Okay, it. And she
1: Legit. gave a fantastic yes. performance, it made the glee version of Grease look like trash, it did, even though that's a superior Grease.
0: No, I just remember, um, there's a scene where Christopher Walken took the little boy's teddy bear and he looked like he was going to give it back, but instead he threw it over the ship. You
1: know what? Bring back event television. What are we doing? Bring
0: back uh, the live... The last live, like...
1: They did Rocky. DC,
0: they did Sound of Music with Carrie Underwood, which was really bad. They did Peter Pan. They did Hairspray. They did The Wiz, which was actually very good. Um, Grease. Rent, that also had Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, yeah. Um, they did... Uh, the Grinch with Matthew Morrison as the Grinch <laughs> and I watched about five minutes of it and was like absolutely not
1: it was Fox um, that did Rocky Horror I don't think it yeah, it be-
0: they did Rocky Horror, Horror yeah um though It'll that wasn't crazy. like
1: live they like it was
0: like a tv special that they filmed
1: um what we're saying is we need to bring back the live musical adaptations listen
0: Phantom of the Opera just closed and you know what I think would be a really good way to memorialize it is a live television on NBC starring, I don't know who would be a really bad Christine. Megan Trainer as Christine.
2: Okay, I just want to say that, like, you know how everyone makes fun of her. Like, she has stayed famous for she so long. Just
0: said, um, she just went on Trisha Paytas' podcast oh, and yeah. teachers. So people are really mad at her right now. Wait,
2: um, Megan Trainor went on Trisha's podcast? Yeah. I thought Trisha was on about, their podcast.
0: Trisha might have gone on, yeah, Trisha might have gone on Megan's podcast, but it was Trisha and Megan, and they were talking about how they are going to homeschool their kids, and at first, it's like, ah, uh, gun safety in America, and you're like, okay, I'm tracking with you, and then out of nowhere, Trisha's like, and teachers are awful, and Megan Trainer goes, yeah, fuck teachers.
1: Oh, my God. The- <laughs> what so, is it- what is the Spy Kids ranking? What are we at?
0: Spy Kids. Okay, Spy Kids 1. Spy Kids has a 93%. <laughs> the first one it should.
2: Wow. Spy be Kids bothered. 2,
0: good movie. Spy Kids, Spy kids, kids 2, 2,
1: 75. Spy Kids 3, 45. I- Spy Kids 4, 23.
0: Spy Kids 4 doesn't exist to me. Um, You know what's a, mo- you know what's a bad movie that I know is definitely rotten on Rotten Tomatoes is uh Shark Boy and Lava Girl.
2: And the follow I tell you a story about spy kids. Um sure. yes. Wait, I shark
1: tail shark tail is at a 35.
2: No, shark boy and lava girl.
1: I know, but I'm talking about shark tail. You made me look that up. Lava
0: 20%. What is
1: you... Flushed Away at? That's what, is... what matters. Flushed away is at 73? There you go. What is away? F- and Dreamworks away. acts like and that movie doesn't exist. Is about a rat. Let me tell you, it's a romantic story about a pampered rodent star played by Hugh Jackman, who enlists the help of a sewer scavenger played by Kate Winslet and finding a way back to his po- his posh London flat. Getting home is not the only problem. However, a rodent hating toad Ian McKellen wants his notorious cousin LeFrog to exterminate the pair.
0: Anyway, Kenzie, what's your spy
2: kid story? Bill Nye is in this? <laughs> Kenzie, what's your spy kid story? Um, so when I was in elementary school, there was this kid that everybody disliked. I'm not going to say his name.
0: Was it me? But his,
2: but his last name had something you... I don't even want to say. So basically, um, he was bullied relentlessly. And our last names were very close together. So I was always in line with him. And when we would line up alphabetically. And one year he was like, I am going to be in the Spy Kids sequel. And everyone was like, you're dumb. And then um, so Spy Kids sequel comes out or is like coming out. He did like a huge screening for everybody. Like he literally like rented out a movie theater to take us all. I guess he, no, I guess he got cut or something and he cried and he never came back to school. I was never mean to him for the record, like because I was always in line with him and I would have like really bad, ang- like I've always had really bad anxiety. Like I wasn't just like I was a nice kid, like I just literally had really bad anxiety. And I was like, if I'm mean to him, one day he'll be mean to me and then we'll be in line together. And that was my whole thinking about the situation. It's not that I was just like a nice kid. Um, uh, but I remember because he left the theater and he was sitting right in front of me and my friends. And all my friends were making fun of him, and I was like, "Stop!" And like, he literally never came back in the theater. He never came back to school. Oh, like, I never saw this kid ever again. And um, but his last name had the word "crab" in it, and he um, people would change it to "crap." You know, uh. um, poor kid. But he was not in it. But I remember because I only saw the first Spy Kids, and then I think he was like in the th- supposed to be in the third one or something. And I did not see the sequel. And I remember him being like, You have to see it. You'll never catch up. And then I saw the third one and I was like, I did not need to see the second. There's one. no correlation between the second and the, <laughs> the third one is so crazy. My
0: spy Kids story is that I was unhelpfully obsessed with spy kids when I was like seven or eight. Um, again, I was on an Alan Cumming kick. Um, but I asked for all the I was I was bullied relentlessly in my elementary school. I know this will probably come as a shock. Um And I kept all of my spy gear in this plastic um, bag that was completely clear, which is exactly what you don't want to keep your spy gear in because then everyone's (laughs) going to know you're the spy. And I would take it to school and I'd be like, nobody here knows that I actually work for the OSS. Um, And so I would at recess pretend to fight thumb thumbs by myself and then I'd go set up my spy gear and i just remember i like forgot it on the playground and they were like alexis left her spy gear on the playground i was like how'd you know it was me how'd you ever know i was a spy and it's like because one i'm that weird kid fighting imaginary thumb thumbs on the playground by myself and two i kept all my spy gear in a clear <laughs> bag <laughs> <laughs> lex i'm
1: sorry i probably would have bullied you
0: you probably would have um most people did um, but yes, this has been um I think this is my favorite episode we've ever done of this
1: podcast. I feel like we say that every time we're like, this is the one. No, but <laughs> for
0: me one. for me, this is the one because we talked about so many of my favorite films. Spy Kids, Josie and the Pussycats, Hudwinked, which I forgot existed. What
1: are we doing the Jillian podcast?
0: Um, I don't know if I could attend the Jillian podcast because I don't know if I'd be able to keep up. <laughs> I'd be like, I've not seen any of these movies. Um but this has been a blast and a half, and I am beyond glad that we did this episode. I think we should talk more about, we should have a whole series about Twilight. We anyway, will. we will. Um, Jillian, where can people find you on the internet?
1: People can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd. Letterboxd at Jillian. <laughs> I always say letter.
2: <laughs> um, you said that? So with so much like
1: letterboxed <laughs> at Jillian Chili. Follow me along my journey. Um, and you can follow me on TikTok at off screen with Jillian, where we're doing very inquisitive deep dives on succession and daily vlogs.
2: Wonderful. Um, Kenzie, where can people find you? You can find me on Tumblr reading Lucas Matson fanfics. I'm not to Lucas Adson for
1: being the only person that is feeding us when there's so much to feed, and the Succession fanfiction base has not come together. Okay,
2: yet. I just need someone who's listening that writes Succession fanfic to understand. I don't need Tom and Greg fanfic. We I don't need. need it. I I don't need Roman and Lucas fanfic. I need something good. Okay, um, I need no, me you me yes. me and lucas
1: fan fiction about kindle that just popped up is called me and you i don't need these weird combos
2: um i feel like the people writing the succession fanfic don't watch the show
1: roman <laughs> is not gonna hold me he's doesn't touch people yeah Literally, like roman
0: that is my biggest pet peeve with the fan fiction when you're reading it and you're like this character would not Do that, yeah. Like, I'm not
1: gonna thank me for saving literally.
2: Roman's kink is like he can't touch people, like, I don't understand. Um, anyway, you can actually follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KinsVenunu on Letterboxd, which I am using. You can, it's Kins Doyle because they won't let you change your username. Um, I there's something else. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have TikTok, but I don't use it. That was a really bad sign-off. I'm very sorry. That's i just a- been thinking about how I just published You got
0: really things. you got really thrown off by your deep feelings on succession fanfiction. And hey, we've all been there.
1: We need we've more.
0: We need more.
1: Can we talk about how the succession episode five little thumbnail is finally Alexander Skarsgard? guard? So I'm guessing he's actually gonna be in the episode this week. Let's
2: fucking go. Let's Fucking eat, okay. You know what? I been have weedy. missed. We have been missing Alexander guard HBO Sundays. As someone who watched True Blood week to week, like Big Little Lies, I did not watch Big Little Lies <laughs> week to week because I I was in an, an abusive relationship and that book really fucked me up. So I was like, I don't know if I can watch it. And then I did watch it, and I regretted not watching it week to week. But well. he full frontal True Blood and. Uh, sure. Big Little Lies. So, sure. where's the full frontal and Succession? is What I'm wondering. The
1: full frontal succession fan fiction.
2: <laughs> Julian and I will write it. Just give us time.
0: Well, you can find me on <laughs> on uh, the <laughs> internet. I'm not looking up Alexander Skarsgard full frontal or rating Succession fan fiction, um, but you can find me on AO3 at at. Um, well, Julian or is Jillian okay? Is Julian plot in here? I've never seen someone's hands move faster. Jillian's hands turned into little fans. <clears throat> um, she's still going. Um, you can find me. She's still going. You can find me Sorry. on um, A O three on Eddie Munson lives five ever. I've made that joke multiple times, and I don't actually have an A O three account. And presently, there is no AO3 account that says Eddie Munson lives five ever. And one day someone is going to take that. You need to
1: get it before someone takes it.
0: I think I will take it just so no one else can.
2: What if I take it and I don't write any Eddie Munson? <laughs> you write
0: all your succession fan fiction on <laughs> Munson five ever account. Well, no, I'm just like, what if someone writes it and like, it's not good. And I'm like, I would never write this. I would write something better. Um, <laughs> Eddie Munson would never say that. Um, Eddie Munson would never call his lover princess. Um, nothing <laughs> grinds my gears more. If we're sharing
2: fan fiction, we should have had a <laughs> we. We should have a grinds my gears <laughs> section. There we go. Of every episode that just coordinates to something that's grinding our gears.
0: What grinds my gears is when I'm reading a good Eddie Munson <laughs> fan fiction, and then he calls YN princess, and I'm like, no.
1: <laughs> What grinds my gears is reading a good Roman Roy fan fiction. <laughs> And he touches YN.
2: (laughs) And see what grinds your gears. Oh, um, I gotta say, I gotta say, what grinds my gears is um these fan fictions. I gotta say, the ones I've been reading up until recently have all been Keanu Reeves related, and they make him like, like, so mean, like in real life like outside of the bedroom because they're making him mean in the bed i'm like what are we like do you google him like do you know anything about him like i don't know i i can't say the one that really came to my mind i will text you guys because i'm not putting it on a podcast
1: i want to read it
0: yeah no i i I definitely want to know what it is um but you can find me (laughs) on twitter and instagram at at lex willie w-i-l-l-i underscore um and on tiktok where i'm actually making tiktoks about final records um just go and ironically tiktok is where i have the most followers on any social media platform um but i'm at moon lexi on tiktok um what grinds my gears is when you're on tiktok and find one of their you're, if
1: you're listening. What grinds my gears is when I'm on TikTok and Lex isn't on TikTok.
2: What grinds my gears is that you people can see when you're online on TikTok, <laughs> they're not
1: answering me every time I see Kenzie's online and they
2: said, Lady Jillian is online. Do you want to wave? I don't
0: think What grinds my gears is when I'm on TikTok and I'm watching a good, like, POV story about Eddie Munson. And I'm, like, 15 videos in. And then he calls Wyatt princess. (laughs) And
2: then I'm over. And, and then it's bad and you're like what do I do I just spent all this time <laughs> just, <I> w- <laughs> I will- these TikToks of these 14
0: year olds being like what
1: <laughs> I will say that I have read Eddie Munson fanfiction but it wasn't because I I seeked it out oh, Dude, I have. it just came up when I was in a stranger things
2: okay I have a serious question because sometimes I go on tumblr just to find like a gif like for real purposes okay not for fanfic purposes, like real. I'm on Tumblr. No judgment here. I need a John Wick gif. I need a gif of whatever. Like when Barbie, the trailer dropped. I, that's where I got all my gifs was from Tumblr. Why are the Top Gun Maverick fanfics everywhere?
1: Where are they coming from? I just got a bunch of I them. I literally
2: searched I was looking hashtag out. Greta Gerwig and the whole search is Top Gun Maverick fanfics.
1: I did hashtag hashtag Kindle Roy and the entire thing was fan fictions about YN and Iceman.
2: I don't get it. Okay, and also, why are they all Iceman?
1: Because that's the most desirable character in the entire Top Gun universe.
2: Also, there are so many of John Hamm, but only in Top Gun Maverick. (laughs)
1: You know what's the, the wildest fanfiction to go down is Chris Pine fanfiction. There's okay, like
2: but, one of the, that exists so, and it's so not that good. You know what I found looking for a Lucas Mattson fanfic, which I'm sure Jillian has found? Um, There is like a 700 part series, okay? Like I literally saw, it said part 703, okay, of Alexander Skarsgård, the real person, and Luke Evans- the actor as a couple.
0: Okay, I don't like when fan fiction is about real people.
2: That makes me It's weird.
0: Fun. I don't like characters like, totally write fine. Write about characters all damn day. That's fine. They're not real, but it's like real, it's people? real people, now I feel weird.
1: You know what? It's They're real, real to me.
2: The characters. the characters. I want My thing is I will pay someone who is a good writer to write about Lucas Matson well, you know who
1: who has the best fan fiction, and there's fan fiction about every single character they've ever played. But I dislike them so much as Chris Evans, and I'm like, I don't get.
2: Wait, he I, pops I, up a lot. Like I was trying to find a GIF of Ghosted for Nicole's review, to, like tweet out, and um, there is so much about him, like so much. You can't type in anything he's in, without finding fanfic.
1: Anyway. Stay tuned for when we have our fan fiction episode.
2: Yeah, join us week before we talk about this our This is favorite?
1: just a sneak peek, like yeah. at the end of the books when they put the chapters for the next book.
0: Exactly. Um, but this, again, I will, listen, we've covered Twilight and Moon, we've covered Geppetto, we've covered Josie and the Pussycats, we've covered Beaches, and we've covered fan fiction. This is my favorite episode we've ever done.
1: We um, covered Master of Disguise.
0: Master of Disguise, we hit them all. Um, but thank you for joining us on this wonderful, wonderful episode of the Oster Syndrome Podcast. Um, be sure to I was gonna say like and subscribe. This isn't YouTube. Be sure to leave us a review if you wanna. Unless you don't wanna, that's fine too. Um, if you us.
2: got this far,
1: God leave bless you.
0: Yeah, I will pay if you. This
1: far, leave a link to your favorite fanfiction. <laughs>
0: um, if you got this far, tweet us what grinds your gears. Okay um actually please don't I actually don't want to know um anyways thank you for joining us on this episode of oscar central podcast um have a good one